All right, welcome to episode one of Midwest Ghost Towns as we present something that's been near and dear to my heart, definition of ghost town. And you hear all sorts of different kind of definitions of this, and so we're going to kind of go into that and see what does it mean and what have you heard and what do you think and kind of go into what our definition of what a ghost town is here at Midwest Ghost Town. And then the second part of our program, we're going to go and do a follow-up to a ghost town that we visited here this last week. We just did a video on it. The video of the mystery of unique Iowa ghost town over by Humboldt, Iowa. So just a really good video. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, go back, watch that video. You're going to learn a lot about a really cool ghost town over there by Humboldt, kind of known as Unique Corner, at least by the locals. And so we'll do a follow-up on that as well. But going back to our definition, part one of all this. So a ghost town, according to Wikipedia's basic definition, is an abandoned village, town, or city. A town often becomes a ghost town because of the economic activity that supported it failed, or due to natural or human causes, disasters such as floods, government actions, uncontrolled lawlessness, war, or nuclear disasters. And when I think about that, I think of something like Chernobyl, which we know there's a ghost town over there today. Um, due to the high radiation and so forth. You can visit the site, but of course you'd be crazy to go over there and not be in the appropriate dress. So T. Lindsay Baker, Chair of Industrial History at Tarleton State University in Stevensville, Texas, is the one that kind of gave the basis to that Wikipedia definition. And it really kind of pulls from this further definition that she says, the town's reason for being must no longer exist. So right there is the real key definition, according to Baker, of why our definition of ghost town, that the reason for the existence of the town is no longer. So you think of like mining towns, for example, if the resources ran out, then it became a ghost town. And so there's no reason for that town really to exist any, f any further. But Baker goes on to say, although abandoned sites clearly meet this requirement, this does not exclude certain semi-abandoned sites from being classified as ghost towns, provided that they maintain only a skeleton population. And that's an interesting part of the segment that I really wanted to kind of get into because I've already run into this going out and looking at ghost towns, you know, seeing and doing some research and finding someone calling a town a ghost town, going there. And in my mind, my definition of a ghost town is zero population, no one living there, and only to find out that, hey, we're not a ghost town. There's 10 people still living here. And according to some other people, that would technically be considered a ghost town. There was another uh, friend of mine who has started a similar site um, doing uh, abandoned sites and so forth, and he found a definition of ghost town that I thought was very interesting that really technically it's 90% less than what it previously was. So technically we can kind of go into this whole thing of a definition of a ghost town could be a populated site, but just significantly less, 90% to be exact. And I think one thing that, one town that really comes to my mind on this, if you ever had a chance or heard of Cairo, Illinois, this is um, considered a ghost town by that standard still people living there, 90% reduction of its population base. And this is at um, where the Ohio River and the Mississippi River um, merge. And so 
Cairo, Illinois has been, you know, all stories. If you go ahead and Google that or even go online and just check that out on YouTube, there's plenty of videos about that. And they designate Cairo as a ghost town. Now, personally, when I go and I investigate these towns or go through them and do research, sometimes it kind of hurts my heart to, to call a ghost town a ghost town when I feel that there's people there. Yes, it's a skeleton shell. My definition of a ghost town doesn't fit that, and so that's why it's really important just to kind of look at what this Webster Dictionary. A ghost town was once a flourishing town, holy, and now it's nearly deserted, usually as a result of the exhaustion of some natural resource. Oxford Dictionary calls it a town that used to be busy and have a lot of people living in it, but is now empty. And then when you look at other definitions like dictionary.com, they define it as a, a permanently abandoned by its inhabitants. So many different definitions, and one last one that I'll add um, to the fold on this one is the National Park Service calls it a once thriving town that has been completely abandoned. So some key words that we're hearing here. Deserted, empty, abandoned. That leads me to a very important question that I think should be asked in this scenario. What happens if a ghost town, relatively or predominantly zero population, no one living there, it's abandoned, it's empty, but what happens if it becomes discovered or someone moves back in? A perfect example of this, my friend Brent, who is the um, the YouTuber Ghost Town Living. If you haven't had a chance to check out his site, go check it out, go to YouTube, Ghost Town Living. And this is the story of Brent who bought the ghost town out in California, Cerro Gordo, the very famous um, ghost town, mining town in California, bought it for 1.4 million and went from population zero to population one. Right, and this is an interesting s question. So here's the question talking about ghost towns. Is it a ghost town anymore? Now, I tend to think and believe that it is a ghost town. Um, that's just my mindset as far as what I feel it is. And the story about Brent is <laughs> it's pretty cool actually. He buys this mining town basically right during the pandemic what a great idea, right? No better place to get away from people and then to go buy a ghost town and be population one. You're out in the middle of nowhere. Some would say a little crazy because if you follow it at all, you'll see how rough it can be, how beautiful it can be. You're right in the Sierra Mountains there in Cerro Gordo. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. But of course, he gets caught in a snowstorm. He gets caught up there. He can get freezing cold. The temperatures are high. They get low the very next day. And so survival becomes, you know, this question mark. And can he, can he do it? Can he, can he rough the elements? And so far he has. I think he's been um, several seasons now, three seasons at least. And so um, just an awesome story there in how he's trying to revive the town and all the stuff that he's doing. So population one. So I tend to believe that even though technically it's a ghost town, you know, the, there's that question mark there that if it's population one, does it really have the definition of ghost town? So looking at this whole thing, um, 
there is another website I'm going to give to you. Now, this is a biggie. I happen to be friends um, with several people just kind of in history and in this industry as a whole. And a guy that I met is a historian. His name is Dave Baker. He is known as the 29th state. You can check out his website. It's iowa29thstate.com. And Dave goes around and gives different library um, presentations and and public speaking events. And he talks about ghost towns all the time. And we were talking about all the ghost towns. And he came up with his own scale because um, this might be new to some of you. The classification of these ghost towns that I'm talking about, the government finally stepped in knowing that, wow, this is pretty broad. We better really come to terms with what technically is a ghost town. And they came up with this scale of basically um, eight classifications, A through H. And these classifications go from completely barren all the way to basically a restored town. So we look at these, and, and what I like what Dave did is he looked at this and said, you know, this is rather vague. I'm going to kind of bring this together because we know that it's not really cut and dry. There's a lot of gray area with this ghost town thing. So I'm going to go through this. The scale that he came up with, he calls the Liegstad scale. And he pulled that from the, the Dutch word, actually two, two Dutch words, empty and city. So Liegstad, empty city in Dutch. And here's his scale. Type A is a completely barren site. No remnants, no remaining suggestions that a town even existed there. I think of when I go out and check out ghost towns and I see nothing there, a lot oftentimes you'll get this excitement because you're like, oh, I'm going to find something and you find a cornfield, right? That town is no longer there. That would be considered type A on this scale. Type B is a site that has rubble or roofless buildings remaining with no obvious population or there's no location marked with and maybe only a sign noting that something once existed there. A perfect example is that the uh, ghost town unique Iowa where I went go check out that video that the only thing left even r reminding one that there was a once upon a time a town there was a sign that said unique and that is even borderline type A now because that sign is really no longer type C according to Dave's Liegstad scale is a cemetery so this may or may not have a sign. It may or may not share the same name of the community um, or church, creamery, bridge, mill, fort. Any other civic indicator remains to mark that there was a town there. So this can be representative of a township so long as it is no longer or no further than one mile away from that site. So that would be type C. Type D is a semi-abandoned community. This site may have a few residents still living there. So there we go, Cerro Gordo answered our own question. The site may have a few residences, but all the commercial and industrial buildings are abandoned. So they even have structures there, but very few people. Type E is a historic community. This site may have some residences and fewer than 10 commercial and industrial buildings that are in use. Type F is a restored, fabricated, or semi-community uh, maintained as an attraction or within a park. Now, I have a perfect example of this. A lot of state parks, sometimes they'll have, 
you know, old towns that are there, or ghost towns there, just kind of remember them. Indian Cave State Park down in Nebraska, if you ever get a chance to visit that state park, still has in its park the old ghost town that was in that area. So you can visit that ghost park. You can head up to Minnesota, to Crow Wing, Minnesota, and they have Old Crow Wing, which is also an old ghost town. They have a house that's still there, and they remember the old ghost town that's within that state park. So different places that you can kind of see these things. Last but not least, Type G is an integrated community. The site was either annexed into a neighboring community or is presently a location where new homes or buildings occupy that site. And something that kind of comes to mind, um, uh, Harlem, Kansas City is a perfect example of this. I read a little bit about this because I was trying to find other ghost towns within urban areas. And that was um, an area. And that's what will happen a lot of times they'll know it as an area and that area used to be that ghost town so so those are the the rankings of Dave Baker's and again I, I'm just gonna point in Dave as an awesome person an awesome historian go check him out Iowa the 29th so the number 29 29th state.com Iowa the 29th state.com go check it out see what you think look at its classifications and we're gonna go ahead as we take this a little short break going into the second part of the segment which I hope you're going to enjoy. We're going to do a little follow-up with Unique Iowa, and I'm going to show you some more pictures and photographs and stories of that place. Hang with me. Hey, you're listening to Midwest Ghost Town. We are a YouTube channel where, who is just kind of focusing on ghost towns in the Midwest. Occasionally we'll go outside of that, going over the history and telling the stories of ghost towns in the Midwest United States. And just want to encourage you to come along. The hope is that we'll get out new videos um, every Monday. If that doesn't happen, of course, we're going to be adding this video podcast alongside with us. So hope to have you come along with us. If you get an opportunity, if this is the type of content that you love, subscribe follow along with us, drop some comments because the way we look at it in this community, we think that the dialogue and the communication, the comments and so forth is a huge part about what we're doing. So come along with us, Midwest Goes Down. All right, back at you here as we're talking about our second segment, which is gonna be covering Unique Iowa, or a better area known as Unique Corner. At least that's how the locals know it around Humboldt, Iowa. So how you can find Unique, if you are traveling east or west on Highway 3, what you're gonna do is you're gonna look at for Florida Avenue. You're gonna turn so, uh, south on Florida Avenue and you're gonna head probably, I would say, oh, a good mile and it's going to be um, at the corner there of uh, I'm looking as we speak here, so I can give you the right coordinates on the map here. You're going to head south on Florida Avenue, and you're going to keep on going roughly until you get to the corner of 230th and Florida Avenue. And that is where the old unique corner, as it's known, is located. There's nothing left. So, you know, you go today, 
and you can go see it's it's on private land so my recommendation is you know um there's not a lot to see if you want to take pictures or so forth of a vacant corner of a home you know, make sure that you ask permission of the, those that are living there but for the most part um everything that was known as unique is no longer so unique corner and the the interesting thing about this is when i went looking for unique i knew it was there i saw different blog posts and and this mysterious ghost town of unique where was it located it's on the map there was a um, a post office that's how i knew that unique even existed the post office um, historically was there for a short time and then it went away and then it came back again um, so there was you know a town so to speak there was a Methodist church um, that was at the site as well and that's a huge story in itself because they really wanted to locate that church south of that location and another another uh, community was really trying to uh, fight for that church the church ended up going to unique instead and so there was a little friction between um, the people in the area about the location of that church. There was also a school that was located um, in Unique as well. Um, it was kind of known as um, the the Unique uh, School. Um, but the the big thing about that is it had a school, it had a church, it had a post office. I know that there was a stagecoach that stopped through there as well and there was a population. There was a blacksmith, you know, that was operating out of Unique as well. And so it came and it went. But the story was when I was talking with locals, especially, and I know Martha won't care me um, bringing up her name, I stopped at the Humboldt Library and I was looking for some information about the town. I talked to the librarian, she didn't know what I was talking about found the local historical society which was located there in the library, looked through some of their information, and found very little. Found Martha's name, and she is part of the historical society, called her, and she, and she said to me, well, it's not really a mystery of why you didn't find it, because it was never really a plotted town to begin with. So right there, that kind of made me pause and think a little bit more about, you know, what we consider or call ghost town and the story unique is really part of that whole th you know question of of what do we call a ghost town because we know that there were some towns out there that were um not necessarily a uh you know an incorporated town and yet they became a population base of 5,000 plus. Buxton, Iowa, famous coal mining town in Iowa, is is a perfect example of this. You know, almost a utopia of some sorts is what they would call it if you looked into history. This was historically a big ghost town, 5,000 plus, but but it was you know unincorporated. And now here you have unique. It was a platted town, but it didn't mean that it didn't exist in the eyes of the people that lived there as a town. And so we still consider it a ghost town you know, in our eyes. And of course, there are some others in the area as well. But there's all sorts of stories about Unique. Um, one of them being when Ragbri was going through the area, you know, there was a, a story that was put in the local newspaper that a couple writers were going by Unique. A sign was still up in the mid-80s at this time, and it basically said Unique, Iowa, population 2. 
And so, of course, a couple of writers thought that was pretty funny and hysterical that they would actually go through the trouble of even marking the town and giving it a population of such a little number as two people. So, so unique Iowa um, is unique, as, as I like to say. And if you go there today, like I said, you're not going to find anything. The sign that even they even say is there is no longer. That's not there either. So, so what causes towns like Unique to pop up? And that was the question that I really had for Martha at the Historical Society. I said, well, how did this come to be? And she, she didn't really know either. You know, there, the question is, we know that a lot of rural towns w came and went because of the railroad. The railroad was a really big maker of ghost towns and also a big maker of just communities going up in general because they needed towns roughly anywhere from and I could be wrong on this and you can definitely correct me on the miles 15 to 20 miles apart right because they needed to have stops for water for their steam engines and they needed coal and so a lot of these towns would go up along these railroad routes well the question mark was is that what happened to unique did the the first pioneers that landed there where they were looking outside of Humboldt thinking hey this would be a fantastic stop for a railroad that's going to come through here let's build a town here and get ahead of this thing a little bit and so is, is that a possibility? Maybe. We couldn't find any documentation saying that, that it was the case or it wasn't. Um, and of course Martha agreed that it, the fact that the stagecoach stopped there was probably a big, big reason for sure. Post office did exist there though, and so it, when you see a post office is waving his hand saying we were a community. And so that came that when, of course, post offices um, open and closed all over during pioneer times for sure. So um, check out Unique Iowa. Um, more importantly, we know there are more ghost towns in the county of Humboldt County. And so I know Martha had asked me to come back down there and check out some more ghost towns. So hoping to do so. Um, and that would be another fantastic segment. Okay, with that, we want to talk about some projects that are coming up. We've got some really good ones, and so we want you to stay tuned. You know, our whole idea with this podcast or video podcast is just to supplement what we're doing with the other videos on the channel. So I encourage you to come along. We like to upload at least once a week with this podcast. So hoping that that will um, entice you to follow along and listen. Here's the project that we're working on. we got Terra, Iowa coming up, the ghost town of Terra, Iowa, outside of Fort Dodge, Iowa. You might have heard of it. If you haven't, very interesting. Um, just simply because we are going to go look at that town. It's a railroad community. And as we look into this, we're going to really dive into a little bit of answering the question about paranormal activity alongside of ghost towns. Now, we are not a paranormal channel, but sometimes in the world of ghost towns, we know, especially the word ghost in there, that uh, the whole world of ghosts and paranormal activities fall along or at least intrigue people enough so we want to answer that question but there is a history here with Terra Iowa especially with the the bridge in the area um, that the local newspaper years ago had mentioned about um, a trestle bridge being haunted down in Terra Iowa so that kind of goes along with the story of Terra but we don't want to overshadow Terra being a ghost town community so we'll talk about that so that's our next segment coming up hope that you follow along if you love content like this want to encourage you to subscribe follow along love to have you and like we say always on this channel we love 
having the conversation around history and ghost towns. Love to see your comments as we converse. And there might be some ideas or things that you bring to the fold. Love to have you with us. Love to have you with us and follow along. So welcome to Midwest Ghost Town, and we'll see you in the next segment.